0: Hi everybody, Uh, I am uh, Trey, one of your average film enjoyers, and I am here to tell you that you can win over $500 worth of movie stuff. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're a huge movie fan. Obviously you wouldn't be listening if you didn't love film like me and Jagger, Um, and so me and Jagger along with, uh, three other content creators on TikTok, uh, Film Gunch, who we've had on here, uh, Wes, who we've had on here a couple times. And then, uh, one of our good friends, Real Takes, we are all, uh, joined together doing a giveaway currently. And it, um, how you join this giveaway is you go, uh, to each of our pages. We all have the giveaway video pinned. And you'll go on to that video. You'll give us all a follow. We uh, each account is tagged in every video, um, and then com- comment down below. Uh, five tag five of your friends, and if you tag five different friends in all five different videos, then you can get up to thirty entries. Thirty entries. You can get up to thirty entries. So, uh, but you're like Trey. Well, you're telling me about this, but I don't even know what I can win. Well, I'll tell you what you can win. Uh, Real Takes is donating a uh, 4K Harry Potter collection, Blu-ray James Bond collection, uh, I believe a 4K uh, collection of the Planet of the Apes films, and uh, the first three John Wick movies in 4K. Um, I'm donating three criterions of your choice, so whoever wins get to choose uh, three criterions. And we'll mail those to you. Uh, Jagger, my co host, is donating um, three or a bunch of international DVDs. Um, Gunch is donating um, uh, uh, Don Hertzfeld, and uh, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Well, the animated show. It's a very limited edition animated sketch comedy show. He has a bunch of steelbooks of all three seasons, so he's donating those. And then the biggest one west is donating a region free blu-ray player so if any of those items interest you again go to any of our tiktok pages go to me and jaggers tiktok page try the film noob jagger film reviews we have the video videos pinned on top of our pages so go check them out follow the instructions uh, the giveaway ends when we are all five of us at a 1,000 followers, and me and Jagger are the only ones that haven't hit a 1,000 followers yet, so please help us get, a, uh, get us there so we can give away all this movie merchandise. Now, let's get to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the average film enjoyer i am one of your average film enjoyers trey and i'm joined today by my co-host jagger jagger how you doing my friend
1: i'm doing great i'm i'm doing great i'm happy to have guests on again
0: yeah um yeah we got again today like yesterday we are again joined by our good friends alan and will how you guys doing
2: doing good ready to talk about you know, just one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Yeah. I think top two.
0: Yeah. Well, what about you? How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing amazing as well. And we're talking about the greatest horror movie today, so I'm <laughs> excited for that.
0: Yeah. Is this your number one?
3: Yeah. And number oh, two yeah. all the time.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today, uh, if you haven't figured it out already, we are talking about um, one of my personal favorites. It it was um, my uh, all-time favorite horror film, my number four of all time um, for a long time. But then I rewatched The Exorcist, added that to my list of films that I rated 100 out of 100 as perfect films. Um, And so now I'm going to have to think about that today. But we are discussing Stanley Kubrick, the guy who doesn't miss whatsoever his horror masterpiece, The Shining. Starring Jack Nicholson, Danny Boyle, and Shelley Duvall. Danny Boyle? Isn't that? No, Danny Boyle's the director.
1: Who plays the kid? Danny Boyle's the director of *Train Spotting*.
0: No, I know, and uh, Sunshine. Uh, who's the, Who plays? I. It's something really close to that. I know it. Danny Lloyd. Danny Lloyd. That's close. Um, uh, yeah, we're talking about The Shining today. One of the all time greats. Um, and I have so many thoughts on this, but uh, Will, I'm going to send it to you first because I'm just going around my call here. Um, what about, what are you, like, after you watch this for the first time, what were your thoughts?
3: Yeah, so the first time I watched this was probably six, seven years ago. Mm hmm. And. Did not like it at all. But I, I was not really big into movies at the time at all either. Yeah. I didn't really think it was scary. I didn't really understand it. I was just like threw it on because I got, saw the hype it got. Was like, when is this over? I just kept staring at my watch. But then I watched it again a few years later and really liked it. And then I watched it a couple months ago just out of the blue. and was like, okay, this is amazing. And then I went and saw it last week in theaters for the first time, which just totally put it over the moon. It was my favorite horror movie of all time. I mean, I think the Overlook Hotel is probably the most, one of the most iconic settings for a horror movie ever. I think all the, the 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 set, the everything about it is just amazing. uh And I think the thing that makes the movie the best to me, obviously, how Jack Nicholson standout acting, Shelley Duvall overhated. I think she's amazing as well. Danny Danny Lloyd, right? Yeah i think he gives probably one of the best child performances i've ever seen i mean it's it was shocking to me to see he didn't go on to really do anything else outside of this but i just love this movie i think the tension between all the characters throughout the whole film is just so unnerving you don't know what's gonna happen you can you keep knowing something bad's about to happen and just seeing all the events play out with jack nicholson's character is just
0: amazing yeah alan what about you
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything Will said. It's my second favorite of all time, I think. my first, being Hereditary, I think I kind of like them for the same reason, where there's sort of a feeling for, like, around half the movie of this, like, existential dread. And, like, you know, it's kind of like a family drama. You stay with these characters uh, in kind of this enclosed space. And, I don't know, it just builds itself and builds itself. And then when, you know, you finally get to the, the horror aspects, I think it just does such a great job at you know freaking you out even though like usually older movies don't really you know scare me or anything but this one just has like a very uneasy feeling towards it with you know uh, the finger what's the, the kid's friend's name that li- tony oh tony lives in his yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> like that just freaks me out um but i remember the first time i watched this i also hated it I-, I thought it was awful i didn't watch movies like i do now back then i think i had it maybe if i had Letterbox, i'd probably give it like a two or something uh and then i rewatched it many years later and it was just like an instant five like you were saying trey stanley kubrick is just the genre master has a masterpiece in every genre you can think of mm-hmm. um, the acting is phenomenal jack nicholson's best performance that i've seen uh shelly duvall very overhated one of the best uh actress performances i'd say one of the best child performances uh, i know that production was like horrible from what i've heard to get through because stanley kubrick is very picky very likes to do 800 shots per scene but i mean just what it came out to is just perfect so i think every every moment of making this film was worth it
0: yeah 100 percent jagger
1: what about you first time you watched it thoughts first time i watched it um i went into it being told by my dad that it was the most terrifying movie ever made (laughs) um again i feel like everyone not into movies watches this for the first time and is extremely disappointed by the build-up that it gets Uh, And then later going back into it, now having a grasp on what makes a film good, I realized, wait a minute, this is a masterpiece. And Mm -hmm. then I went from that to 2001, 2001 to Barry Lyndon, so on, so forth, made it through all of Kubrick's movies and said, wait a minute, film is something special. And that's, that was kind of what started my film journey the shining so yeah
0: yeah it's me as well i mean first time i watched it was probably three years ago so like i liked movies um i liked watching movies um i wasn't terribly picky but i didn't really understand for myself like i couldn't be like oh man that shot was amazing you know my dad my dad who we've had on the pod and um uh who loves film um what would be like yeah this shot this is what they did here and uh they, like and i'd be like oh that's kind of interesting you know but like i finished it and i was like yeah that was pretty good that was jack nicholson gives a solid performance he was really creepy um but then i rewatched it earlier this year and I was just reminded how damn good it is. I mean, this is on my list. There's only five movies I've ever done this for. Um, is of a hundred out of a hundred, it is a perfect film. There's not a single thing. See, but like it's always in contention with The Exorcist for me because that's my other horror film that I've given a hundred out of a hundred to. Um, but I mean, it's like everything in this film is absolutely perfect um the acting jack nicholson gives easily the best performance uh of his career um i think the only two movies that come close to matching with this is chinatown and one flew over the cuckoo's nest um notice alan and will i know you guys love it but how i didn't say the departed because jack nicholson is absolutely horrendous in that film
2: i don't love it <laughs> very
0: good, but I don't love it. Uh no, it's easily Jack Nicholson's uh best performance. Shelly Duval gives a very raw and emotional performance that I, I really enjoy, um, that definitely is overhated on. Um Danny Lloyd, not Danny Boyle, Danny Lloyd um is right up there with Linda Blair um for child horror performances um but you're right it isn't scary right this film came out in 1980 i'm sure this was terrifying when it came out um but like this like that's how a lot of older stuff is there's very few older films that scare me um like there's definitely some unsettling moments in this film um which we'll talk about in a sec um but there's nothing terribly scary here um and i just want to ask you guys like what is in your opinion like ev- obviously everything is great about this film um but what in your opinion is the best part i mean for me it's either the cinematography and how revolutionary that was so like that that shot where uh it's the tracking shot behind danny when he's riding his big wheel That's the first time. This is the first time in any film in like film history that that shot was used. Um, And like the shots where they're walking through the big uh, living space and it's tracking them sideways. I mean, all of the cinematography is absolutely revolutionary and outstanding in this film. Um, Or Jack Nicholson's performance is top tier. Um, But I'm wondering what for you guys. Um, what's the best part for you? Alan, I'll kick it to you first. Um, what is the best part of this film for you?
2: I mean, I think it's just the, the setting, the production design. I think it's, it's his own character in the movie. Um, it's the thing that kind of unsettles me the most. Like you were saying, it's not very like scary, like you know traditional horror movies, but there's mm-hmm. just this form of un- unsettlingness that just, I don't know, it doesn't sit right with me. You know, like uh, in the scene where he's speaking to the, the guy that murdered his daughters, and his wife. I forgot what his name was. Oh, God. Yeah. like, the... How, like... I don't know how perfect the room is, and it's all red, and then, like, each stall is so perfectly aligned. It's just so freaky, man. I don't know. And then all, like, the hallways, well, they're not endless. They feel like they are. You know, when he's going down where the pantry is, uh, that hallway is just scary. Like, he was saying when he was riding the tricycle, it just seems like an endless hallway of doors, uh, which I think... It looks to some other themes that Kubrick was going for. I've like read somewhere that you you probably know, Will, that like the numbers on the doors mean stuff. Just everything about the production design, I think. Mm -hmm. It's his own character in the movie, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Will, what about you? What's the best part about this movie for you?
3: I just just think the production design as well is just too hard to pass. I mean, Mm -hmm. each place you could explore in the Overlook is just so much color, so vibrant it just it really does add its own character adds to the dread i mean i just i think it might be the best production design maybe one of the best production designs of all time the best setting for a horror movie for sure what you're saying about the camera movement i think i would have to say i really liked how they shot the final maze chase with danny and jack i thought that was probably my favorite
1: yeah
0: the
3: film i would say
1: yeah jagger what about you Alright, yeah. So, the everything being its own character thing is something that I've studied. Um, I wrote an essay for school about The Shining and how every single detail, sound design, cinematography, location, um, color palette, everything is its own character and plays more of a role than some of the characters in this movie. Um, but that aside... I'm going to touch back on the concept that you hit, Trey, that this movie's not scary, and I'm going to combat you with that and say that when it comes down to it, yeah, having, like, watching this movie, like, late at night in the dark, there's something so extremely haunting about The sound of Danny's wheel going on and off the carpet. Mm. And other moments that watching this in the day, it might seem cheesy. However, watching it at night, there's something about all of it that gets under your skin. Um, And I think that the way that Kubrick does that with, and you can even go to like eyes wide shut. um, The complete almost nightmarish, methodical horror that he, like, touches on. Yeah. And that comes up in a lot of his movies. 2001 could even be creepy if you watch that at night. I mean, everything in a... If you look at it from a open-minded perspective, in a way where you are, yeah, open-minded... Every single one of his movies has something about it that mm-hmm. has a bleak, unnerving undertone to it, which is just another thing that makes him, like you said, a master. And all of his movies are a master class of directing. So I would say that yes, in the right circumstances, this movie could be t- like pretty terrifying. Um, and of course, when this came out, it was probably horrifying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you gotta give credit where credit's due.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think the biggest thing that unnerves me, and I and I know Stanley Kubrick did this on purpose, um, and, and I just want to mention this note, and then I have a question for Will, um, is the, the amount of times Jack Nicholson looks into the camera, right? And it's never like, it's not like Deadpool looks into the camera, like that level of breaking the fourth wall, but it's these quick little glances where he'll just like lock eyes with the camera and then look away. Um, Stanley, I've read Stanley Kubrick, um, because I have a book in my room, um, like about Stanley Kubrick and all of his films and like the production and what went into making them. Um, and he talks about, that was super intentional to make the audience feel like kind of like uncomfortable, kind of like uh, Jack was going to come after them next, you know, and that was the intention behind that. So, Jagger, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but, Will, I wanted to ask you, so you said you saw this in the movie theater like last mm-hmm. week. Um, and when you said that, I was like, God, what would this be like to see this in the theater? Specifically, the um the shot where they are driving to the overlook hotel it's the opening credits where it's like and the score the absolutely absolutely. haunting the boom 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 boom. and that that shot i just wanted to ask you like and uh, this film as a whole what was that like experiencing that in the theater because that um, for film fans, is like a very rare occurrence where you get to experience some of your favorite films in the theater, especially when they're older films like The Shining. Um, but what was that like for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, it just it just adds so much. I mean, you really feel like you're there in the car. I mean, I was in, I was lucky to be in the middle too, so the speakers just right to me. Mm-hmm. Just the bum, bum, like what you said. Just it was. Yeah just insane to be able to see i mean i felt like i was there I felt like mm-hmm. i was in the overlook hotel i mean i just think that's the biggest strength of getting to see these kind of films in the theater i mean you really feel like you're in there with the characters engaged just right there with them and i just think it adds i i mean i think seeing a movie in theaters adds so much to it even if even if you didn't really love it it's, if you see a movie you didn't really love worth giving a second chance seeing it in a theater can just totally flip your right to it because it's it's insane it's hard to wrap what exactly it adds to it but you just really feel like you're a part of the movie which i think is so unique and really cool
0: yeah um and i wanted to tell um so the overlook hotel i know we've talked about this a lot on this episode the production set so the inside of the overlook hotel was filmed at this hotel in colorado like you can go visit it you can go walk around in this hotel um, which has always been a dream of mine. Um, but all these shots that are on the outside of the Overlook Hotel were shot at a place called Timberline Lodge, um, which is actually like an hour away from me. Um, and so I grew up like going to Timberline Lodge, like up on the mountain, um, when we go sledding and stuff and we go visit Timberline Lodge. And um, we went a couple years ago after I had watched this film... And like driving up to Timberline and seeing it there. I'm just like, I don't trust this, man. I don't trust this. Um, And yeah, I mean, this film is just so iconic. Um, It's constantly referenced in uh, the media we get now. Um, I mean, anything from the Here's Johnny scene to The Shining itself. um, It's constantly getting referenced. It's totally... Totally aged like a fine wine. Um, Didn't they reference it in Barbie? <laughs> no, I don't know if they referenced that in Barbie, but I know they referenced
1: 2001 in Barbie. Yeah, uh, yeah no, wait. There were, No, there was one part where... Um, yeah, no, Margot Robbie was sitting in the car... Yeah. ...with... Um. What's her name? America Ferreira? Yeah. And then she saw the memory thing again... Mm-hmm. And the daughter, Sasha, uh, says, What? Are you too shining or something? Are you shining with Barbie?
2: Uh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. I don't remember that, but I believe. You. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Um Yeah, it's just so
0: iconic. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts that they uh are um, urging to get out there?
3: Yeah, I have one. Yeah. I'm not sure if just I'm ill, my theater was ill, but I also thought there were there were times where it was actually pretty funny, like where Shelley Duvall would ask, "Don't you think that, hon?" and Jack Nicholson just looks like he doesn't want to be bothered at all, and he's just like, "Yeah." And it, at those moments, every time, just had me in the theater dying laughing because he just, he just seems like he's pissed and doesn't even want to be in the relationship. It's just so funny.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that's a really interesting thing um, because I think even from the beginning, obviously, the more we get into this film the more we see Jack as a psycho and, like, a sociopath. But I think even from the beginning, he's a psycho. And I think you see, he kind of, like, breaks it in little scenes. Like, when they're driving in the car, there's a shot of him where, like, he looks like he's smiling, but you look into his eyes and you're like, okay, this guy, like, Jack Nicholson just does that's such an ass. Yeah, he, Jack Nicholson crack, so does an unbelievable job in this film um but if nobody has any final thoughts um i believe we all have this at five stars um yeah if you don't yeah, have I'm this five that. stars uh, what are you doing um this is an easy five um yeah thank you again will Allen, for joining us today go check them out um on the film, no, nope, not Film Somniacs, that's Gunch and Wes, uh, the Fistful of Films podcast. Um, currently working their way through Tarantino's filmography. And they every week they also talk about uh, some of the new releases that came out that week. Um, it's a great pod. Um, they play games with the four of them, along with uh, Jordan and uh, Seb. So go check that out. Um, if you want to follow me at my socials, I'm Trey the Film Noob Everywhere, and he is Jagger Film Fan on Letterboxd, Jagger Film Reviews on TikTok, and Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. So thank you again for listening today on the Average Film Enjoyer Hooptober Edition, and we hope you have a spooky rest of your day.